0: You're listening to a Big Finish production. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date Monday, the 4th of December 2017.
1: Kunick and Benji.
2: Hello, Benji Clifford here. And Nick Briggs here. Yes, and we're in two entirely different places. And you, dear listeners, well, you're somewhere else altogether. Well done. And we at Big Finish are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama known
0: to Homo sapiens Doctor Who, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, Blake's. Sa- I'm reading the book Homo sapiens at the moment. If you, oh. if you're in. It's very good. Very good. Uh, anyway, Blake Seven, the Avengers, the Prisoner, Survivors, have a gander at bigfinish.com. And by that I don't mean have a goose, I mean have a look.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said have a gander! Well it, is, well it is Christmas isn't it? I mean, people people. I think in, in Victorian films people have goose for Christmas. Oh yes, they, yeah, they yeah, get yeah. goosed for Christmas. Woo! <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so in a moment then, the Big Finish news headlines, and that is followed by another packed podcast of all your favorite features listeners' emails, mm. our guest star interview, oh. the Randomoid Selectatron, Crazy. a roundup of our latest releases, and <gasps> a 15 minute tease of one of our latest productions. Goodness me, uh, our guest star interview
0: is with Jeffrey Beavers. I spelled it incorrectly, but I spell it correctly later. At the recording of his upcoming Doctor Who short trip, I am the master, <sighs> Proctor Neiman. Uh, it's a full <laughs> behind-the-scenes package. Very
2: exciting. You said it, and our fifty <laughs> <I>
0: minutes. Did.
2: <laughs> you did say. I think it. it
0: was me, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: I'm sure I saw Jeffrey Beavers. I was watching the the professionals the other day, and I'm <laughs> oh, sure Jeffrey Beavers was in that. I'm sure. Oh, de-
0: I would. I don't know, but I would.
2: If I were a betting man, I'd lay money on it. He was in everything, Jeffrey. He was, he's, and he's very, you know, he's got quite a distinct face. So I was like, "Yep, that's him." And yeah. but but was evening, he was even in ambassadors of death. Would you, was he really? Yeah, sure. you'd never know. You never
0: would have thought it. No, he's got that, you know, strange light coloured unit uniform on, you know.
2: Well. Very unflattering one that Nick Courtney hated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the subtle one. You, you wouldn't want to spill coffee down that. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn. Um, yes. <laughs> and today, then, our 15 minute tease, and uh, not coffee, is from Static. That's this month's truly terrifying Doctor Who main range monthly release, oh, yeah, starring yeah. Colin Baker as the Sick Doctor terrifying. and Lisa Greenwood as Flynn and yeah. Miranda Raisin as Constance. D- Delightful. Oh yes! It's by the inimitable Jonathan Morris. is directed by Jamie Anderson and guest stars veteran voice actor David Graham as the rather creepy Percy Till. Don't
0: miss it. If Jonathan Morris is inimitable, do you think um, Jamie Anderson is inimitable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means I'm nimitable um, it Nim- sounds Nimitable like a- <laughs> And right at the end of the podcast We continue the spooky theme With our bonus Dark Shadows feature <laughs> With producers David Darlington and Joe Lidster Known as Davy and Joe to their friends uh, Giving us
2: the inside track of the series Is that the new spin-off series, isn't it? Davy and Joe The Davy and and Joe Mysteries. (laughs) Joey and Davy. And when they met, it was closing time. (laughs) (laughs) But they moved on somewhere else. There's a a bar down down, down that road over there, which is open all night. Um, Is it... I don't think either of them are actually cheeky cockneys, but that's... No, no, I'm, I'm sort of doing that, that they ask somebody and the bloke goes, oh, yeah, well, if you go down that oh, road, turn okay. three lefts, go up the flatter stairs, down the roof, uh, straight up till morning, you'll, you'll find it. That's just my voice for, for pedestrians, you see. The pedestrian voice? Oh, yeah, you know, he's exactly. like, oh, excuse me, do you know where the, uh, the long library is? Oh, certainly, sir, if you go down that road oh, there, cross the road, you'll be fine. Thank you very much. Uh, But anyway, uh, it's enough of pedestrians uh, and pelicans. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm talking crossings. Uh, Right then, so it is now time for the flipping news. Now, this month's new Countermeasures box set may be running a little late. Why is that then, Nick? Uh,
0: Because I (laughs) I only just finished the music last night. Apologies. I've been enjoying it particularly like the episode with the great intelligence in it joe minors has done some fantastic sound
3: design
4: (laughs)
0: anyway uh, by way of an apology we do have a bit of an extended teaser for you and in case you're not familiar with countermeasures what what it's an exciting spin-off series featuring the characters introduced in the doctor who tv story remembrance of the daleks uh, notable for having very varying modulation of the Dalek voices. You notice know, on it's location, up, it's the
2: up modulation to the fifties
0: almost, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, only on location, and then on the different <laughs> sets, it's set differently every time. I did, I did talk to Dick Mills about it and ask him why that happened. He said, "Oh, because we never made a note of
2: the setting." <laughs> in a rather but,
0: impatient, "Get away from me, child" way.
2: I love those. Um, those one of the, the funny things about that story is that they changed the way that Daleks moved around. And instead of having the normal f- uh, frame, they just had these weird
5: balls
0: on a metal thing. And yeah, it was exactly... That's
2: my audio impersonation of how they wobbled along. And Nick Nick is actually wobbling if you look oh, at it. They also and did don't...
0: that sort of, like, <laughs> so Kef McCulloch did that
2: music to sort of go with it. Yeah. Anyway, oh. yes. Uh, pff, that, pff, that I, spent, I spent a considerable amount of time actually in Chicago TARDIS where I was talking to somebody justifying why I love Kef McCulloch's music. Really? And they were like, yeah. "God, they're like that 80s stuff like towards the end. It just wasn't, you know, I, what were they thinking?" And I was just like, "It was brilliant. It was great. I love it."
0: Well, I can't say it's entirely to my taste, but I will certainly say this that Kef McCulloch is one of the nicest men. Got to meet such him. Such a lovely guy. So laid back and uh, I did a I did a mythmakers interview with him and it
2: was Thrilling. Was he wearing his great shirt? Because every archive interview of him, he's always wearing, like, a musical note shirt. Do you know, I don't know whether he was or he
0: wasn't. I must look back at it. Yes, I mean... Hmm... I don't know whether I've got I must have a copy of it Anyway uh, Countermeasures it's the brainchild of our our esteemed senior producer David Richardson and of course the characters are created by Ben Aranovich who wrote Remembrance of the Daleks Rachel Jensen Chunky Gilmore and Alison Williams fight off the strange and downright scary threats to humankind in the 1960s and 1970s the first few volumes were set in the 1960s but with the new Countermeasures we're now firmly in the 1970s and here's That teaser which I promised about three hours ago.
6: (laughs) Alison, a ship. We're on a ship.
7: I think I'm going to be sick. Well, a copy of the Times.
1: Dated Tuesday, 19th of June. We seem somehow to have lost three days, group
3: captain.
6: (laughs) Sir Toby, thank goodness. Alison, how are you both?
3: Life is too short. We should forget our troubles and just enjoy ourselves.
6: Put Lady
5: Rachel in the chair. Guard, you keep your gun on him and the doctor. Oh, no! Get off, please! Uh, punk rock.
7: I've read about this, but the reality is even more appalling. Hello?
2: Hello? Rachel, come in, come in! Here, who are you talking to? No, go to full alert immediately.
8: But why? It's just poetry.
2: There's no such thing as just poetry. And
5: I know how that rhyme finishes. The
8: dear old countermeasures team.
7: Freddy, reschedule my appointments for an hour, would you?
5: Uh, no,
7: half an hour should be sufficient. I won't have it! Oh, calm, down, old boy, you nearly jogged a white. Some things matter. So where does
4: the conspiracy end and the facts begin?
3: The floor! Oh! There's water! Where's it all coming
6: here?
3: What in the name of...
4: Professor Edward Travers... Oh, you see my glasses? I'm sure I put them over... Maybe my mind isn't as sharp as it once was. And we all know
1: why.
2: now if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan then listen out for a Christmas treat at bigfinish.com as you may know the March 2018 Sherlock Holmes box set combines two stories the three part adventure the master of Blackstone Grange uh, there is no hound in it but I just like to it's it's scene setting it's important I think (laughs) definitely that was good oh yeah
4: <laughs> oh! Oh, my foot! Oh God! Oh,
8: I'm bleeding! Oh! Yeah.
0: PVC sound effect number twenty-three A: <laughs> Man gets shot in foot. <laughs> uh, for this, we took a cabbage and uh, hit a dog in the face. Yeah, sorry, sorry that's not funny. I don't mean to be horrid
2: to dogs. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Don't step on his toe. Um, I took my dog to the vets this morning. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah. He's got to get his teeth looked at. That's him. Oh dear. Doesn't well, I'll brush look at them if you like. Yeah, you can have a look brush. at them. He hasn't yeah. got many of them though. Send me a photo. <laughs> I will do. If I and I'll go. Feel uh, they're disgusting. Uh, they're disgusting. <laughs> get that out of my face. <laughs> That's um, the end of my consultation. That'll be fifty pounds <laughs> <laughs> sterling. Um, yes. Yeah, so we've got. Thank you. Th- that is my new name. Yes. <laughs> Michael Sterling. Um, we've got the three-part adventure, The Master of Blackstone Grange, and then a one-part episode called the adventure, of F- the, F- the adventure of the Fleet Street Transparency. That's very
0: easy for you to say. And if you order this box set now, you'll have access to an advanced download of The Fleet Street Transparency over Christmas. Why, I hear you ask?
2: Well, because it's a very... Very Christmassy adventure, and let's face it, Christmas wouldn't be complete without a bit of Victorian snowfall, yes, yes, and a, and a big table of a feast and a slight tipple before dinner. And That's right. A slight tipple before bed as well, <laughs> just a tipple really. <laughs> In the middle of the night, and also some poverty Yes, lots of poverty. Poverty? Poverty. poverty. Dirt yeah. and little cockney chimney sweeps. Uh, anyway, then, so here is a unique to this podcast teaser.
9: London, nighttime.
2: Westminster at the end of the Age of Empire. In the last Christmas
4: of the 19th century, My friend Mr. Sherlock Holmes and I had elected,
0: for reasons which I have had cause to explain elsewhere, to celebrate the season to the utmost. The night is cold, and if you have a story to tell, pray come up to our rooms and tell it.
10: (laughs) Ah! (laughs)
0: But it's almost Christmas. Yes, yes, but there's just time, don't you think, for a brief
3: investigation?
0: A mince pie of a case, if
3: you will. And woe betide you should I ever happen to catch so much as a glimpse of you in the next two days looking anything other than thoroughly and uncomplicatedly cheerful.
0: There is a dream which I've lately dreamt. And which troubles me, that of dark water drawing in upon a diminishing shore. Holmes. And that's all we have time for this week.
2: Yeah, that's right, that is the end of the news. I'm going to shove it in the oven, get it out on Christmas Day, and serve it up to everybody whether they like it or not. Time now for listeners' emails. You can email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. And if you type that onto a word processor, it's underlined automatically. Um, And by the way, did you know that I love emails? I do. I I really don't just like them. I kind of love them. Um, And so what better way to to love emails than to read some out? So... (laughs) First first up, then, is this one is from Alex H. Uh, that's all oh, we know. That's all we know, man, a man of mystery. We call him H because he is a secret agent. It could H, be H, Alexandra, be... though. Could be a, a woman. It could be, actually. Would... I was thinking it was a woman. I don't know why. Alex, it could be. Or or if it's an initials, it's just a slightly surprised person going, Ha! <laughs> Alex, Ha! <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so it says here. Hiya, Nick and Benji. So, after your coy remarks at the Chicago podcast special, it got me Mm -hmm. thinking-slash-worried. I understand if you can't or aren't willing to mention, but just how many new series-slash-ranges are you planning? With all the classic Doctor Who stuff, plus the new Who stuff, plus the other ranges that pre-exist and are getting new releases, And with the news that there'll be multiple more ranges, such as Jeremiah Brash and Nick's series, and assumably more, uh, I am... That's not the name of it, by the way, that's in brackets. And assumably? (laughs) And assumably more. Is assumably a word? I didn't... uh... I don't know, but it sounds like... I think it sounds like a detective. My name is Detective Inspector Assumably More. (laughs) This is my brother, Roger. (laughs) Hello, charmed, I'm sure.
0: I'm going to check. I... uh... I would say assuming, assumingly, assumingly, assumingly but, or but it's not coming up as a...
2: Assume. Assumably,
0: is, yeah, yeah, assumably is the adverb of assumable, adverb, yes, yeah, so, uh,
2: And the opposite of harsh <laughs> Well, knock me down and call me an A-stack, eh? Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, so, uh, carrying with email, it says, I am starting to wonder just how one can keep up with it all, all the while trying to catch up with previous releases. So, how many new ranges can we expect to see in 2018? Either way, I'm very excited for the 20th anniversary, and it sounds like it'll be awesome regardless. Regards, A-H. Ah!
0: <laughs> not, not regardless, then. Regards. So I'm sorry for questioning, assumably. That, that is a huge gap in my knowledge revealed for all to mock me.
2: That's it. You've been About. exposed. Yes. You've been you exposed. Fool. You idiot. Buck up. Fool. You 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 fool. You, <laughs> you old, old fool. fool. <laughs> Another catchphrase.
0: Oh. Oh, I would just like to remind folks that uh, there, there is a Buck Up t-shirt available. Oh, brilliant.
2: i tell you what. If, if you get a Buck Up t-shirt, yeah. tweet it out. Hashtag, what can we do? Hashtag. Buck, buck up. up. Hashtag, and tweet it to the, the Big big Finish, at Big Finish, and th- yeah. let's see what you got, because, let's face it, you can only buck if you've got the Buck Up T-shirt.
0: Yeah, I've got... Uh, I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the news story. That's a good idea. If I remember. Yeah, there we
2: yeah, go. Yeah, let's let's yeah. see. Let's cre- create um, an army of buck uppers.
0: Well, A.H., uh, I, I can't tell you how many ranges, because I can't count... Um, but um, it, it's Jeremiah Bourne, not Jeremiah Brash, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know why you said Jeremiah Brash. Was that a joke? <laughs> um, and my series, uh, which is called The Human Frontier. I don't know whether I've revealed that before, but anyway.
2: I think you did at the podcast last week. Or did you? I don't know. No, I, I think you no, just no, told me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, Whispered in your ear, The Human Frontier, The Human Frontier, The Human Frontier.
0: Never forget,
2: never forget. never. never so that never. is a podcast exclusive right there, then. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop.
0: Um, so I don't know offhand quite a lot, but um, the way to keep up with it all is to condense time with a temporal time condenser. Uh, time now to dip into the veritable email feast from uh, Caroline Duchessner. Now, now Caroline, I the last time I read out one of your emails, I got your name wrong, and you sent in a helpful... Um, pronunciation guide for me. However, since you send us approximately five emails a day, which I'm not complaining about, I read them and love them. um, It was difficult for me to find the email with the pronunciation guide in. So you have to send another one in telling me how to pronounce your surname, but um, I'm sure I made a hash of it. Uh, Caroline gives us fantastic feedback. Almost on a moment-by-moment moment basis, I feel. Uh, I've been re-listening to the Tenth Doctor Volume Two. It hasn't been out long, and you're re-listening to it. This is brilliant news. Good. De- you deserve an award for dedication. I'm loving every minute of it. Very much worth the wait, and then some. I'm hoping we see more to come. Actually, I. Be definitely pre-ordering it it should happen yeah should that happen sorry i just made up what you said there uh, i've got the listening app downloaded to my galaxy tab but i need to buy a bigger chip to store the audios to before i can use it in the meantime i've been using my ipod touch which has a 32 gig memory uh, listening to the stories was very captivating you could hear how well they work together like a well-oiled Okay, that just makes me think of Cybermen. Uh, so, okay, no well-oiled machines then. Um, I can't think of a better metaphor. The only other one that comes to mind is the one from Forrest Gump: like peas and carrots. He uh, heh, is that. A heh? <laughs> H-E-H anyway as opposed to A-H from the previous email uh, but you get what I'm saying I hope I do Caroline I do uh, anyway I just wanted to say again how much I love that volume set and the really great stories it told a right treasure that many thanks Carol D rock and roll <laughs> cheers Carol D. D that's what I should say instead of trying to pronounce her surname
2: yeah that's good you've got yourself a nickname now there we go. That's, that's the that's the old classic. unit. can't pronounce the name. Give him a nickname. That's why everybody I know is called Tiger Mush. Mush. <laughs> All right. Hello, Captain. Tiger. Captain's Captain. a good one, is it? Yeah. Captain Squire's
0: a good one. All right, Squire. Squire. The um, my driving instructor used to call me Captain. Really? Yeah. And one, you, one of the did you enjoy engineers. that? Well, I found it a bit disturbing actually. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't pass my test. My dad. To, took me out for some lessons afterwards and i passed the second time um the one of the sound engineers at the sound house jerry calls people captain he always says morning captain morning captain so i've i've taken i called howard carter one of our sound designers <laughs> i called him captain the other day in an email I, he didn't respond to it i thought he was going to write back and say what have you taken leave of your senses
2: <laughs> i said go ahead captain anyway I do know, I mean, I, 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 I'm always nicknaming people and, and dropping in the odd work. I find it quite fun overall, you know. I like surprising people with strange names, really.
0: Yeah. Boo,
2: poisonous monkey. Um, You,
0: you know, Steph, my wife, she has, uh, I reckon, about 15 nicknames for my son, but not <laughs> one for me. Oh, No nickname for me at all. She Maybe, doesn't uh, even call me Darling or Love or
2: Baby. <laughs> I don't think I can cope with being called honey. baby, a hey, baby, honey, pigeon, pigeon, chicken. chicken. Oh, I hate chicken. I can't. Chicken. Ever, I'd never. I'd oh, never. Bah, bah, bah. I'd never like to be called chicken, but no. right, chicken. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a farmyard animal. Funny enough, I don't think a, I've ever I'm had a man. any in
0: intimate um, nicknames given to me. I'm That's because be... your
2: name is Nick, <laughs> and that is your nickname. <laughs> He's heard that one since school. Um, <laughs> excellent trumpet, thank you very much. I'll I be bet, bet people don't say that to you often. <laughs> well, that's one of my nicknames, actually. <laughs> excellent trumpet, Benji Clifford. Uh, he knows. He knows. He's got. He's got an excellent trumpet. That guy. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, this one here from Brent uh, Johnson. Special agent. Special agent Brent Johnson, whose nickname for today will be. Chaffinch.
0: Chaffinch, come in. I say again, Chaffinch. This
2: is a code red situation. Come in, Chaffinch. This is Hawk speaking. Hawk over. Currently stepping in dog's mess whilst chasing assailant over marshland. Request backup.
0: Dog's mess is one of my favourite euphemisms. I just love it. Dog's mess. You don't hear it it, so much. If you're military, you think of maybe you go into this big room with lots of dogs sitting around eating food. This is the dog's
2: mess. (laughs) 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 No cats allowed. No cats allowed (laughs) in. In the dog's mess. Oh, I love it. There we go. I
0: can't believe we want to get this recorded quickly and we're just oh. deliberately sabotaging each
2: other. We're sabotaging our own operation here. It's dreadful. Um, Come yes. In, Chaffage.
0: The operation has been sabotaged by dog's mess. This is Hawk here. Get out
2: of there. Just get out. Run, run.
5: Uh, ah! the, 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 that was Hawk. the bi- Hawk.
2: <laughs> this is a code blue. I repeat. We couldn't find the red bulb, um, but I think, I think that's a bit of a red dwarf going on there. Uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, is that what so that was, uh, I think we're th- I think they said uh, oh, I can't bother to just dragging the podcast on um, <laughs> <laughs> to death. The so this one here is from Johnson. To death, Yes, hey Special guys, agent. no, not again. <laughs> We're going in circles. Uh, Hey guys, your podcast is still one of the best out there and I've been listening since the crisp crunching days of old. Uh, I've been a customer since 1999, uh, and I'm one of those old-school fans who needs to have Doctor Who on CD. Uh, thanks for the current sale on those. Uh, I- I'm also downloading other great series such as Survivors and Dark Shadows, Brackets and yes Nick, the Prisoner, uh, close brackets. Uh, I was wondering if you would ever go back and re-edit the downloads of early Doctor Who titles with the proper theme. Or could there be a rights issue with that? Thanks, Brent Johnson, Nightdale, North Carolina, Who and Company podcast sent from my iPhone. You see, I have huge deja vu during that email because I
0: really think we've read it out before. But maybe hmm. someone else just asked the same things.
2: I don't know. But a lot of people have, have similar questions at times, don't they? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um it's, um because I remember saying I thought all the new th- the proper themes were on the old Doctor Who titles. I thought no. we went back and did them.
8: Well, maybe well
2: maybe I mean I've not I I, maybe I some of them. I don't know it might be worth nipping onto the Apple. There's no rights look,
0: issue. There's no rights issue at all. So yeah.
2: Unless okay. oh hold on a minute. Um uh he's saying here that he wants he likes having them on CD. Well, on the CD, they're the old themes. So you know? I, I wonder if, if he's saying that he'd like... Oh, no, because it says the download. No, ignore me. It does say the download's there.
0: I know, but if he's got it on CD... Oh, Brent Johnson, special agent, this is a code green. We've lost the blue bulb
2: as well. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Somebody somebody better go down to Halfords and... Uh... No, you can't buy them from Half God, go to b and Nick. Get some well, bulbs. Well... On that entirely unsatisfactory answer, the answer is existential crisis, uh, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have got time for. That's right. We have, we have had a crisis, we have had uh, a name pronunciation and a grammatical crisis, uh, all in a big Christmassy email flourish. So there we go. That is the end of the emails. <laughs>
0: Time now for our guest star interview slot, this time featuring the master himself, Jeffrey Beavers, who was captured in time at the recording of a story for our Short Trips range, which he has written. It's called I Am The Master and it's out in October 2018, so this is a huge tease and here's what happened.
10: Right, Hello, Big Finish Podcast. Um, I'm Ian Atkins. I'm the producer of the Doctor Who Short Trips range. Um, we have just finished recording um, actually the the last of the, the current run in the Moat Studios with Lisa today. Um, it's an unusual story uh, in that I was finally able to achieve one of the goals I set out for with the whole run and actually get... Um, someone who would not only perform it but would have written the story in the first place uh, so maybe I could ask the uh, creative person involved to introduce themselves
9: yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Geoffrey Beavers um, and I've written this story about about the master it's a Master story Big Finish present Doctor Who Short Trips I am the master written and read by Geoffrey Beavers
10: Jeffrey, your, your name's familiar, obviously, across quite a few of the, the Big Finish ranges um, these days, uh, but from a sort of more general Doctor Who uh, point of view, where would people have, have known you
9: from? Uh, well, I was in the first. Um, I was in one storyline uh, way back with Tom Baker in the 80s um, as the shriveled, decayed master introducing Anthony Ainley. As the new master, and um, and since then, I've done lots and lots of spin-offs, one way or another, as the master for Big Finish, and uh, that's and and also read some of the uh, Doctor Who books, the old Target books for BBC, as well. So I've had a an extended life as the master, <laughs> reincarnated. People think it must be fun to be the master. Oh, I find fun where I can, but being trapped in a burnt, decaying husk is no fun. Believe me.
10: <clears throat> to go beyond that, though, obviously um, you're a significant. I um, mean, especially a stage act, because I know when we've been talking about trying to get you into studio, you've been in some very extensive stage runs. Um, where else might people have actually seen you in recent years? Um, well, I've been, um,
9: I've been all over the place. Um, done some television, some. Um, But mostly I've been involved because I was in the West End with the audience, with Helen Mirren, and then we went to Broadway. And then I was in uh, the um, Amadeus at the National Theatre. So those were all sort of several months long. And just recently I've been up to Hull Truck, um, to Hull, the City of Culture, to do... um, to uh to be in uh, a short history of tractors in ukrainian which is a wonderful part so i couldn't resist it so i've been up there and only just returned now yes that's mm. a
10: lot of acting work but um Mm. the reason i'd asked you on board with this this short trip was i was aware that you you are a writer Um, could you maybe uh, mention some of your other works so
9: I write as well I've written quite a few adaptations of George Eliot's novels Uh, most recently um, the Middlemarch we did in three plays for a whole season at the Orange Tree Um, I've written some other adaptations and original plays for radio and the theatre and um, I've also written a couple of novels which are published if anyone wants to read them Called the the Progress Road and the Forgotten Fields, um, which are um, which you can get on Amazon or, or from the publisher.
10: Yeah, and I, I think Big Finish will we're, we're, we're lucky enough to have you oh, yes. write for them as well. Going couple, going back a couple of years, but um, one of our kind of drama showcase pieces.
9: Yes, uh, which might appeal too. Um, that's uh, unintelligent design. It was called all about. Uh, um, Yes, the design of the universe. <laughs> Big themes, I tend to do. And they tend to be set in the near future very often. Um, so they might be, like my novels, they might be of interest to um, uh, to Doctor Who fans because they always have a time
10: element in them. Yes. Did, did you did you start out as a writer who, who then acted or an actor who then wrote? Or how did... It...
9: I started as an actor, quite definitely, and um, wrote really as therapy. I've always written all my life, but never expected to uh, have anything um, published or or done. Um, So I used to put my plays and things on a shelf, um, because you get quite enough rejection as an actor, people... (laughs) people saying you're not quite right for this part and you can't do this and uh, parts you want to play you don't get and so I didn't really want to have all that rejection as a, as a writer um, but in recent years I've sort of um, dusted off some of the writing that I've done and, uh, and, and have found publishers and um, places where, where uh, plays can, can, can be produced so it's really nice so I'm more encouraged in writing more now with more hope of having things done
10: Because I know you're saying that um, we've managed to catch you in, a, in quite a short period between productions but, mm. but it's not just the acting that you're going back to you've also got writing work going so. Yes,
9: and I also direct in the theatre and direct plays which I really enjoy doing, did one recently at the Fimbra but um, at the moment I've been so busy for quite a long time I'm actually quite looking forward to getting a bit of uh, um getting a bit of writing done, yes, catch up on the writing,
10: as you said earlier you've you've played the master for big finish for across you know several stories, several doctors, and I think the first time we met was when you were recording um and you will obey me with uh the Peter Davison doctor oh, yes. a year or two ago now right and i think I'd, I'd spoken to you briefly then about if if the chance ever came up to write, and then we got extended for some more um I, I was really keen to see what you did with the character and uh, it's a character that you clearly got a good sense of um <laughs> and I mean bring an absolutely wicked sense of humor to it um and and some some very clever g- clever stuff I think this is probably the uh, the most meta of the short trips that we've done so far without breaking any kind of storytelling rules and um, how do you you see the character yourself, especially with regards having to write for him. Is is that actually easier or harder? Um,
9: not really. I suppose I've now done such a lot of spin-offs from it that I have a sort of sense of it and really enjoyed writing it. Um, I think that he has a very... I think he has a sense of humour about his own evil, which is, I think, what what I enjoy most about the The Master, that it's very black and very um black humor but there is there is humor in it there somewhere in spite of all the evil
10: have you written much else that you've also performed ah that's interesting
9: yes no come to think of it both my novels are on um have been recorded on audio so you can buy them in cd form um uh, so i recorded those both myself on audio um forgotten fields and the um and and, and the, um and the progress, progress
10: road, road yeah. and and the other question that i think all podcast interviewers get asked is um that it's about tingling your molecules which is what's, um, what, what's exciting <laughs> you at the moment and um, firstly with with big finish with if, if someone was coming Sort of new to anything you've done at Big Finish, is there anything that you particularly remember enjoying? Or I mean, I, I feel oh. actually, as the producer, I ought to be saying, I am the master this this, one, this, this because one. I've written it. Yes,
9: um, yes, uh, um, which are my favorites I enjoyed is it called Mastermind? Is one yes, where he's yes. in a he's locked in a box and in a, the glass cage or something and he has to trick his way out of it I remember enjoying that one particularly whenever this clock strikes midnight it means only one thing the prisoner is about to wake up allow me to introduce myself I am known as the master
1: universally artifact alpha one in the museum of terrors and now that we've got him we make him work for us you distrust me
9: You're wise to do so. Others have made the error of underestimating me. Come to me,
1: Edward Granger. You can make people act against even their own sense of self-preservation?
9: I can make people act against everything they believe in. I can turn the righteous into murderers, and I have done so many, many times. (laughs) I've always enjoyed them all of them
10: they're always fun to do so I'm yeah and and slightly more generally and and given that that obviously you're exposed to a lot of stage work and things as well um, what's kind of tingling your molecules about things that you've currently seen and would recommend to others well the problem with being in a show oneself is that one I, do, I don't get to the
9: I haven't been seeing as much theatre as I would like to see so that's really that's a really tricky tricky one I can't think offhand. I hope to get to see more theatre now and more television because I don't I tend not to
10: watch the box sets that everybody else seems to watch so I've got a lot of catching up to do uh, with stage particularly but maybe this applies to television as well is, is there something you particularly look out for is there a particular genre or writer or work that you like i'm a
9: great fan of helen edmondson um
10: my daughter's just
9: been in um queen anne in the um which is a wonderful play and i was in a play of first called heresy of love at the royal shakespeare company and that um She writes big plays about big public events, and I think she's one of the best writers writing at the moment. I think she's wonderful. So I'm a great fan of her writing.
10: Thanks very much for your time, and uh, I I think both of us hope very much that the listener enjoys I Am The Master. Yes, I hope so. Yes, definitely.
0: the wonderful Jeffrey Beavers. They're such good company. I could tell you so many lovely stories about Jeffrey, but there's just not time. He's a charming, charming fellow.
2: And talking of charming, charming fellows, it's now time to greet our dear old friend Ran, the Randomoid Selectatron, and select a random release from the Big Finish Archive. So cue that epic music.
0: All right, I'll get the site up here.
2: What have we got? Um, we've got a wild card this week. Uh, Rand's really plucked one out. It's um, it's actually a book. It's the leather bound uh, Rob Shearman book, Everyone's Just So, So Special. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there's some. Um... This is the actual book. This is the leather bound book. Oh. Well, it, yeah.
0: Everyone's Just So, So Special.
2: Interestingly enough, Ran has actually, um, this has got a little bit of a Christmas vibe to it, which is quite fitting, given that we are recording this on uh, the 1st of December, Yeah, which is quite nice. So so that is relevant. Uh, So I'll read a little bit here for you Mm. uh, from the synopsis. Uh, The history of the world, all of it, its wars, its empires, each and every one of its decline and falls, it's really terribly simple. It's the story of a bunch of mediocracies who are trying to look special. And it's my duty, it is my pleasure, to expose the lot of them. That was a terrible reading there by Benji Clifford, who was struggling to read the italic font that is very small on his monitor. Well, Rob Shearman, of
0: course, is my jolly good friend and a genius. He was the best man at my wedding. Yeah. So
2: there we go. It says, says it all right there.
0: That's uh, Rob and I were talking about that the other day when people say, you know, because Rob is a very friendly person. has got loads of friends and, and lots of people can count him as a friend. Uh, but, you know, when uh, I mention that to people, I say, oh, yeah, I know Rob. And they kind of go, yeah, yeah. And I say, no, 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 no. He was he, he <laughs> my best man. And they go, oh, 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 right. And Rob does the same as well when he says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm great mates with Nick. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, Nick, Bruce. yeah. yeah lot of people know Nick. No, no, I was his best mate. Oh, right. It's, right. it's the unbreakable bond of, of, ho- of holy wedlock. Exactly. And we also missed the final episode of Matt Smith's first season. Really? In order to have that wedding. And he said in his speech, this is how much Nick loves Steph, that he's prepared to. <laughs> It's <laughs> the season finale, you know. It was just bad planning, frankly. If I'd realised, I would have had it the next week, you know. <laughs> you should have. Done I mean, it. the Pandorica was opening for goodness' sake. <laughs> Mind you, I had read the script because I was in it. That's not very fair, is it? No, it's like the Christmas special. You know, I'm looking forward to it, but, but you know what's happening. I know what happens because I was in it. I had the script, mate. Yeah. Um, but yes. A brilliant book um do go and get it i'm i'm hoping it's still available it must be it's still on the site we did it have says a add to sales. basket
2: so i'm gonna i'm gonna assume it you're is
0: you're gonna buy it you're
2: gonna go for it let's go for it let's <laughs> rock and roll but rob, rob is he is one of the funniest people i think i've ever met he is he's yeah. like he's like a gag a minute type of guy yeah. like he's just cr- really makes me laugh yeah but not in a good way there is darkness
0: in his stories so uh, actually ideal for a christmas read you know
2: yeah highly recommended by ran and us indeedy do so check it out everyone's just so so special by robert shim And so now then, as the podcast freezes to death on a cold winter's day, descending into hibernation until next week's thaw... Oh, that's very... I like what you've done then, It's eh? very Christmassy, isn't I it? Just, really? Yeah, I looked out of the window. <laughs> if I look out the window, it just looks like a scene from Survivors right now. Um, oh, well, apart from the fact that we've just had a, a drive, uh, freshly cemented, and some foxes have decided to walk on it overnight. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. Ugh, unbelievable, so... What would be better if they were stuck in it? Yeah. Well, at least no, then, sorry, cruelty to foxes. <coughs> what well, does the fox say? Well, at least then I could have caught them, you know, and, and had a, given them a good talking to about yeah, yeah. how foxes it's wrong to vandalise people's, yeah. you know, drives. Always good to talk to foxes. Absolutely. And badgers, you know, got a lot of time for badgers. Anyway, I would say my
0: advice to badgers would be don't cross the road. Because <laughs> I mean, they talk
2: about the badger cull around
0: here, which is very, very controversial. I'll say no more about that. But it seems to me that the badgers are managing quite well by walking into the road and being hit by cars. I, I think, you know, on an average drive in Dorset, you see about five dead badgers. It's, it's sad, awful. isn't it, when you see a yeah. dead
2: badger? I like, I, you know, I like badgers. I tell you what, you don't see so much these as the hedgehogs. I love a hedgehog. That's because they've been eaten by the badgers. I made yeah. <laughs> So, so it's an animal massacre. Um,
0: How do you eat a hedgehog with great care? Yeah. The audiobook
2: now with Nick Briggs.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome <laughs> to Hedgehog Land.
2: Anyway, where were we? Uh, yes, well, in fancy. we're just in time, Nick, uh, for you to let us know uh, what's out there to tingle our ear things we're on the cusp of so many exciting releases but
0: more on those next time in the meantime of course there's the 10th Doctor volume 2 featuring David Tennant Billy Piper and all sorts of fantastic people and me as the Ice Warriors unmissable miss it at your peril in fact all three stories are available either in a luxury deluxe lover 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 a love, lovely box set or as individual vanilla releases with a little bit of um, uh, chocolate sprinkled on top A uh, Survivor Series 7 is out there more harrowing adventures Adventures for Abby, Jenny and Greg with original TV stars Carolyn Seymour, Lucy Fleming and Ian McCarthy. <laughs> all on superb form. Unit Encounters is out there too, Dalek, Sontaran's much strangeness with Gemma Redgrave and Ingrid Oliver of course, and then there's a lovely slice of space opera with Michael Keating reading a selection of Blake's seven short stories in the audiobook collection heroes and don't forget the sixth doctor adventure the middle the adric short trip the ingenious gentleman adric of alzarius and the second doctor adventure the morton legacy i thank you
2: Uh, thank you very much nick and it is just time for us to construct the trailer for this podcast right coming up in the latest podcast from big finish productions it's Christmas. Well, it's not, but it, it's it, not it, it will, will be soon. And, and it's and, and there's, there's Sherlock no snow. Holmes. There's no snow, but there is Sherlock Holmes. It's uh, snow in the stuffy, Sherlock stuffy Holmes stuffy dooley day. Um, we've got the Master, haven't we, Nick? Jeffrey Beavers. Oh yes, Jeffrey Beavers. We've yeah. got Static. That's right. We've got the sick Doctor and Flip and Constance. <laughs> David Graham, Percy Till. Uh, we've got a bit of uh, dark shadows here. <laughs> a bit of countermeasures.
0: Oh, yeah, countermeasures, yeah. don't know what that was. It um, was a bit like it. Yeah. That, that was, was good enough.
2: Yes, and the usual banter and craziness. So please don't miss out. Uh, just enjoy. Yes, this has been a terrible trailer for a rather
0: good podcast.
2: Yeah, well, I think that'll
0: do. Yes, yeah. uh, coming up in about 15 minutes is the next segment of our Dark Shadows bonus interview feature with producers Joe Lidster and Davy Darlington having a bit of a laugh. Uh, but before that, chills plenty as we join Colin Baker's Doctor in his latest adventure with Flip and Constance, the very scary static. <laughs>
11: Somebody help me. Help! Doctor, where are you? I know you're out there.
3: sure this is it?
12: Well, you're the one with the map.
3: Yep, for all we know, this way just leads to a farm or something. We should turn back, ask someone at that pub we went past.
12: Right, well that was two miles ago.
3: Exactly. We should have got there by now.
12: First turning on your right past the church.
3: Maybe they meant another turning. This is barely more than a muddy track. Right,
12: well, you can give it a rest, cos here we are. Look.
3: Well, this is it. Half a dozen caravans in a field. Oh, yeah, great idea, Randy. Oh, let's go on holiday in the song.
12: Hold up, Grandad's coming to hello
3: coming to tell us the campsite's closed, I hope.
12: Can I help you, son? Hi, um, Andy Clover. I've booked one of the caravans here. I spoke to Mr Rossiter on the phone.
4: Of course you did, Mr Clover, yeah. And,
12: uh... Uh, This is my wife, Joanna. Clover.
4: You're in number four, over by the corner. Cheers. I I don't suppose you... Don't worry, son. I'll open the gate. Thanks.
12: Sorry, what, what is it? Your key. Right, yeah, Yeah. sorry I wouldn't give very far about that.
4: <laughs> no, you wouldn't.
12: <laughs> well, someone got up on the wrong side of bed. Well, how would you feel being stuck out in this weather? Mm, not much,
3: but that seems to be the plan for the next week.
12: Oh, this is going to be a laugh a minute.
3: <sighs> what was all that about me being your wife?
12: Oh, come on, you know what those country folk are like? They like, might not approve.
3: What? You turn us away for being an unmarried couple daring to share the same caravan. What is this, the Middle Ages?
12: Middle and I wear next best thing.
3: Oh, blimmin' heck. There's not room to swing a cat and it's freezing. <sighs> Give me a second.
12: Aha, gas heater.
3: Try not to blow us up.
12: Come on, come on. There. Genius. Soon have us warmed up. And then what? Well, it can't rain forever, so then we can go for a walk, get some fresh country air. Mm,
3: and pneumonia too while we're at it. It's nearly sunset.
12: Making yourselves at home? Yeah, something like that. Uh, come in, mate.
4: I see you found the heater. Give me a moment, I'll light the lamps.
3: There's no electricity?
4: Not out here.
3: What about the loo?
4: There are communal facilities in the block, halfway down the field.
3: What? I knew it. Middle-bloomin' ages.
4: That's also where you'll find the fresh water tap. There's a pay telephone by the main gate. If you need me, my caravan's the one beside it. That is very helpful of you, um, Mr... Percy Till. I'm the site manager. There is one more thing. Yeah? A little rule. The use of radios, cassette recorders and portable televisions is strictly forbidden. What? Uh, Why? It disturbs the other guests. You haven't brought any such devices with you. Uh, No, 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 of course not. Good. Well, that'll be everything. You know where to find me. What
3: was all that about? disturbs the other guests there aren't any other guests we don't know that oh come on who else would be mad enough to want to come here okay news flash isn't my wedding, and this isn't 1944, Doctor. You said you were taking me home. Yes,
4: I'm sorry about that. I'll get you there eventually, but something came up.
11: Oh, here we go. Brace yourself for a load of space jargon,
3: Connie. <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> well, just for that, I was going to offer you both the shelter of my umbrella, but now I'm not so sure.
3: Oh, well, come on, budge up. I'm getting soaked out here. Oh, all
4: right. The reason we're here, ladies, is because the TARDIS detected some temporal interference.
3: Temporal interference?
4: a yeah, disturbance in the fabric of the space-time continuum.
11: And would I be right to infer that's a bad thing?
4: You would be very right indeed. Prolonged exposure can have all sorts of nasty side effects.
3: And it's here, in this caravan site.
4: Oh, hereabouts. The temporal disturbance is diffuse. It's somewhere in this general area. Shouldn't be too hard to find.
3: Well, that's not too vague at all, is it? Doctor, we have company.
4: Well? Oh, it's the doctor, isn't it? Doctor, after all this time, how good to see you again.
12: You were wrong. We're not the only ones here.
3: No car, though. And that blue box? Was that there before? I don't remember seeing that on Oh, you keep you? an
12: eye out, will you?
3: Well, keep an eye out for what?
12: Well, you wouldn't want old Percy clocking this, would we? You bought the portable? Well, you don't expect me to miss the match, do you? And now, you don't have to miss Emmerdale Farm. Come on, out of the way! Haven't you forgotten something? No electricity. No problem. We can run it off the car batteries. I even bought my own wires just in case. Look, um while I'm setting this up, can you go and get the suitcases, please, Mrs Clover. Ugh.
3: Mrs Clover in your dreams.
4: I'll put you in caravan 2.
3: We've pre-booked, have we?
4: In a manner of speaking, the doctor was expected. I was
11: expected
4: by whom? By me, sir. I am... I'm
11: I'm terribly sorry. Would you mind not looking at me like that?
3: My
4: apologies. Sometimes I forget myself. I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage. Um, You wouldn't care to remind me of your name? Till. Percy Till. You don't remember me. I meet an awful lot of people. It's no reflection on you. But you remember me, Percy? Well, I'm hardly going to forget you, am I, Doctor? Well, no, I suppose I am what you would call memorable. And you haven't changed a bit while well, I, well, I'm an old man now. No wonder you wouldn't recognize me. Interesting. But you don't know my, um, traveling companions? Philippa Ramon and Constance Clark, all right? No, I have not had the pleasure. Why, should I? No, no. Just, um, narrowing things down. If you'll follow me, I'll show you to your caravan. That's very kind of you, Percy. Lead on.
3: Narrowing things down? The doctor's trying to work out whether the old guy is someone he hasn't met yet, or someone he
4: has met and forgotten. Because if I haven't met him yet, then I have to avoid asking too many questions about events in my own future. It's a good thing you arrived when you did, It'll be getting dark soon, and night falls quickly in these parts.
3: He's taking them into the caravan
12: opposite. You're turning into a right little curtain twitcher. Look, there's nothing else to do
3: until you get that thing working.
12: It is working, it's just... <clears throat> Stupid thing.
3: Well, that's not gonna help.
12: There's no reception, since the car radio. Ugh!
3: Oh, after all that?
12: Hills must be in the way. Turn him down! All right, keep your hair on. <gasps>
3: Makes you wonder what the point of Percy's little rule is if you can't even pick up anything.
12: Fine, so what do you want to do now?
3: Well, I thought the whole point of taking this trip was for us to spend some time together, to work things out. So, let's talk.
11: Wow. Here, Doctor.
3: Doctor. It's even smaller on the inside. (laughs) There's a bedroom at the end. I take it that's for Philippa and me.
4: I assume that is the arrangement. There's also a drop-down bed in the front for the Doctor. (coughs) Oh, excellent. Well, this is quite the home from home. All mod cons. Where's the telly? I'm afraid that the use of radios, cassette recorders and portable televisions is strictly forbidden. What? And quite right too. We didn't come all this way to sit in front of the goggle box, did we, Flip?
3: Well, I don't know. It depends what's on.
4: No, we came to see the sights. Now, Percy, are there any local points of interest you would particularly recommend? There's a leaflet on the table. Well, I'll leave you to get settled in. If you need me, I'm in the caravan by the gate. Oh, this is interesting. Ah, yeah. There's a stone circle not half a mile from here. According to this, the ancient Britons used it for human sacrifice.
13: Something to do with the time fissure?
4: Very possibly. They may well have attributed temporal anomalies to some sort of deity. And there are the remains of a ruined monastery not far away, too.
3: Wow. It's like Disneyland. Not... (sighs)
4: Apparently, that's how this area got its name. Abbey Marston.
3: Abbey
11: Marston? Did you say Abbey Marston? Oh, you've heard of it? I'm not
3: sure. I'd need to look at a map.
4: Well, there's a drawing on the back, but it's not much help. No,
3: I mean a detailed ordnance survey map. The whole area. We could ask around the other caravans. Well, anything beats sitting around here.
12: She got out of her depth. You know, by the time I got to her, she'd already gone under three times. Like no one could have saved her. Andy, I don't want to talk about this. But that's just it. You know, we never talk about it. And ever since, it's just like we've been, been like this place. You know, like stuck, not going anywhere. And you won't even let me touch her. It's like you, it's like you're punishing me. I'm not punishing
3: you. The doctor said it would take time to, to come to terms with it.
12: It's, it's been a year. You know, a year of you hating me. Look, I
3: don't I... hate you. I don't blame you. It's not about you. Right, well then what is it about? It's about it... me. Because I was too busy reading a stupid book to notice until it was too late. If I'd looked up just 10 seconds earlier, maybe she would still be alive. She was drowning 50 yards away from me and I didn't even hear her calling for help. My own sister, I didn't even Joy, hear look, her.
12: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, i did not I didn't mean that. I just thought that it might help, you know, to talk about her, you know, to actually take some time to, to remember her. What? You know, rather than burying it all away. So, a, a, anyway, I, I brought some photos of, of Susanna. I can't believe this. You know, so we can remember her for what she was like when she was alive.
3: Hang on. Some of these are from the holiday, from the day that she died.
12: Yeah, I know. I, I had the film in my camera for ages. Put them away. What?
3: I don't want to look at them. Put them away. All
12: right, all right. I. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this no, to me? No, look. I just thought. You that just you might...
3: thought? No, no. You didn't think. That's what your trouble is. If you did, then you would know that that is the last thing that I would want to see. I'm
12: sorry. All right. I'm
3: going outside.
12: But where? I don't
3: know. I just need to be somewhere where you're not.
12: Suit yourself. God, I cannot do right for doing wrong round here. Now, let's see if I can get this thing to work.
11: <laughs>
3: Hello? <laughs> Hello? <What? clears throat> yeah? Yeah, what? Oh, sorry um, to disturb you and all that. We just need a bit of help. Oh yeah, you've just arrived, haven't you? You're in the other caravan. That's right, yeah. I'm Philippa, Flip, this is Connie, and the guy with all the colours likes to be called the Doctor. All the colours? Thing is, we got a bit lost on our way here, walking through the woods, and we was wondering if you had a map. A map? Yes, just so we know where we are. Oh, yeah, hang on. Here you go. Oh, cheers. Won't be a tick. No, no. Don't worry about it. You can keep it. Hey! why? are you all right?
0: Time now to join the Dark Shadows team for more in-depth chat. Enjoy.
8: Hello, I'm Philip Meeks, and I have written The Mystery at Crucifix Heights, which is the first in the Tony and Cassandra mysteries. Um, I'm Greg Patmore. I'm playing a number of characters in the series, but in...
7: Uh, in The Crucifix Heights Mystery, I'm playing a cryptozoologist, Professor Larry, who is very full of himself and very kind of big American sounding.
8: I was inspired by Trump, you know, when, when I wrote that part. You
7: know what, I did have a little bit of Trump in in the back of my mind, not yeah. in the vocal thing, but in the attitude to himself. Everything's
8: all about yes. me. Well, There's that bit where he goes, wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong, wrong.
7: Speaking wrong. as a very successful man of science, sister, You're wrong.
6: It's pure evil. Wrong. We've been warned of its presence in scriptures. It's been touched by Lucifer. Wrong. Oh, stop it, the
13: pair of you. You've both worked for the Dark Shadows range before. How did you come to the attention of either Daisy or Joe?
7: I did a, played a a main, one of the main characters in a play called Carriage of the Damned.
6: What an honor. And this here is major. Yes, Major Crawford Jacobs. But his friends call him Bunsen.
7: I'm still not sure how you got that out of me.
6: A pleasure to meet you, Bunsen.
7: Let's stick to Major for now, shall we? And also a series of incidental characters in a, another three uh, dramas that all grew out of. The Dark Shadows World, and that was my first experience of it. I knew Joe from being involved in various writing development things and a group that he's a member of as well,
8: and that was the way Joe brought me into that. In fact Well, I was out lucky enough to work with Katie Manning, who is um, a big, big Finnish stalwart, and Joe Lister came to see one of my plays, and then he came to see another one of my plays. What, these plays? Edinburgh Fringe. was one called Keeping Up With The Jones, which was about two ladies of a certain age. And then there was Edith in the Dark, which is my ghost story about the works of Ian Nesbitt. And he came to see them and asked me to pitch, so I was very lucky to to get that opportunity. I love writing for audio. It's my favourite medium, I think, because uh, I just think you can do so much. And I I believe in my theatre work that soundscapes can make or break. Uh, Your productions in audio, there's only sound, so it has to. And uh, I think it's a really thrilling thing to write for.
13: And you've also got the variety of storytelling types you could do, because obviously today we've been recording a play, but the first thing you wrote for The Dark Shadows Range is a storytelling. Yes, yeah, it sort of story. was
8: a story, but I, I had to approach it as a play in my head, you know, and you're always looking for those... You're always looking for those audio moments. So although it was a story, I I approached it as a as a play. I wrote it as a as a as a monologue.
13: And this is Lunar Tides.
8: Lunar Tides, yes. Was mm. Kathleen um, Lee Scott there? Too. Yes, it was lovely. She was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> oh, damned.
4: We'd already decided to mark the night
8: even before Letty told us how. To... Pick up, Rhonda. Pick up. It's me. You're tuned in to the radio. Listen to me, Rhonda. If that noise was interference, why did it stop whenever she stopped talking? I don't think Letty Winslow is who she claims to be. Now, I'm more certain than ever. Letty Winslow is a ghost. <gasps> Letty? Letty, stay away from me. I said, stay away. And then this time I want to I, I suppose I I wanted to sort of I'm an obsessive Agatha Christie fan I wanted to write something that was a little bit Agatha Christie but I'm also uh, obsessed with the subgenre of movies called psycho biddies <laughs> which it's a it's a really cruel term I prefer the term grand Dame guignol and it started <laughs> with whatever happened to Baby Jane and. Um, it, it carried on and suddenly every old Hollywood turn wanted to revive their career, so there's there's hundreds of them actually, there's there's the core ones, and then there's little ones, and then there's one with Anthony Perkins as well, I suppose he thought himself as a grand dame, and, and they're great, and you, you'd see them there and you'd know that these women were either going to get bumped off or be the people... Person bumping them off, you know. Barbara Stanwyck was in lots of lots of them. I
13: suppose that's really actually quite dark shadows as well. That, it is because as well as all these fantastic theatre actors that they brought in to mm-hmm. cope with the schedule, Joan Bennett was the name attached yes, to the yeah. show, and she had obviously had a big movie career. And so she was the the star. The, of, yes, so uh, she uh, was, the, was the big the attraction.
8: And Yes, I, I, but it is hugely theatrical Shadows. so it really sort of matches my sort of style of writing. I'm just so pleased somebody wants me, you know.
13: <laughs> How is it all sounding? How are you enjoying it? I think it sounds really great. I think they all sound
14: really great. Um, There's just a terrific bunch of actors. They're all mad, but that fits perfectly and that's really what we want. And when I, when I say they're mad, does that I mean it obviously? That's an affectionate madness. They're all affectionately mad.
6: I've died twice already, that's the first in my career.
13: That's a line from a
6: musical. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've died twice and I've loved it. Say hello. Hello, I'm Anna Maria Everett. So have you done audio work before? This is my first audio drama and it's been a complete learning curve and I've absolutely loved it. I mean, I've done stuff like as an actor ADR, which you have to do, and obviously cutting voice reels. But this is my first audio drama, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether we'd have to be bigger, smaller, like vocally, performance-wise. But it's just, I've I've loved it. It's just loved, loved, loved every second.
13: Because Dark Shadows, the original TV series, is a melodrama. It's not sure you know at all, is not it? Not
6: at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Because it's a melodrama,
13: yeah. you're allowed to be arch and big and which is dramatic.
6: Yeah, which is why it's been so much fun. So doing f- pieces from four plays over two
13: days, Yeah. you're obviously, you're working fast. Yeah. But if the four plays are coming out in the same box set... Yeah. So you've got to be able to do different things how stretching has it been doing on
6: it has dominated ever since i found out about this job it has dominated the last few weeks because like you say it's the same actors playing different parts so i've had four very different characters and then not only four very different characters Four very different accents as well. Three of them being American, but from different states. And then one of them, am I allowed to say? Mm? I'm allowed to say, I play a spiritual medium. We, we think she's Italian, we're not quite sure, but it's been quite fun. What do you think It's the hottest place in town? Yeah, but it all looks very uh, expensive. Aren't I a little lowbrow? I think you look very handsome. Madame Sonata, how good to see you again. Louis, darling, I hope you get my favorite table. Oh, and the bottle of champagne on ice. Of course,
1: Madame. Uh, this way.
6: The writing has been phenomenal, and it's all about the writing across the board. So big thumbs up for that. Thank you for that. Has there been much laughing over the course of? <laughs> oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's yeah. There's been quite a bit of laughter. Yeah, quite of a- knuckles in the mouth trying to stop yourself from laughing. And, it's it's, like I said, it's been joyful. We've packed so much in to those two days. I can't believe what we've packed in, but it's not been a chore at all. And even a few roofs. Yeah, I had, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had to be a dog as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I had to be a dog. Um, it
8: came quite early on, I think it was just you and I talking at that point, that um, why don't we have just four actors across the series and get them yeah. to play everyone? Um, and it's right, well, we need to get people who are damn good then, you know? Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah it was early that we, that we thought of that notion of the sort of repertory company mm-hmm. and people playing different parts across I mean, the stories. What I, what I
15: like about it is, it, you know, the original decision was made for budget reasons, obviously, yeah. but actually I enjoyed the creative challenge I certainly enjoyed going through the scripts with Alan and going right well who's gonna play this one and mm-hmm. if they're playing the main part in this one we don't want play the main part in that one but that character's slightly younger it
5: fosters because we've just finished it it fosters a lot of camaraderie among the cast yeah because you can kind of say you know you might be playing a smaller part in one play but then when it rolls around to you being front and center you know you've got these people who are supporting you and yeah. you've been working with um, so yeah it's great mm-hmm. yeah. so many comedy accents <laughs>
11: I'm Sydney Aldridge.
5: My name is Brendan O'Rourke.
13: This is the second day Mm -hmm. so you've done three of the four plays so
11: far?
1: Yes, one more to go.
13: What have you been doing so far?
1: So in the first play I play Danville who works for a company called Arcana Limited and they basically specialise in these auctions of historical artefacts that often have supernatural kind of connections to them.
11: I play Mona who is a bit of a crazy batty old lady who lives in the attic of crucifix heights and she was a film star in the 20s
13: how do you feel when you get asked i would like you to come and play a 90 year old actress
11: (laughs) um that is a great challenge in in my opinion because i'm in my 20s so obviously voice acting is completely different to normal acting i'd never be cast as a 90 year old woman on stage or on screen, but you can make your voice do amazing things, and and I've had a lot of fun with Mona, yeah. I love it up here, I always have. Such a view across the Michigan from this turret window. My dears, did you have
8: trouble with the
11: elevator?
0: You could say that.
11: I play Katerina in the second play, who is a ghostly voice throughout most of the um, episode. And then she has a lovely little monologue at the end, explaining why she's here and why she's haunting them. Third, he had the face of an
4: angel, and what he offered was a gift straight from heaven. He had with him a box. Empty at first, but upon opening it again, there they were. My heart's desire made real. A pair of point shoes. Their silk as red as rubies. Who are
13: you playing in the,
6: the next one? Peggy room. I'm from Boston, and I own a, a music hall that I believe has been haunted. So that's the next one. Yeah. You wear... Carmina Sonata. Mid- yeah, the medium, in inverted commas. And in the airplane one, you yeah. Veronica, who is the head of a pharmaceutical company. Uh, a rich, I won't say what she is, because it's a bit rude. You have to bleep that one out. What the hell?
11: Are you talking about?
6: We're all gonna die. I, I, I need to tell you a story, Max. He's lost his
1: mind. I, I need to tell you about about the boy, the the boy lying in the bed, uh, uh, the bedridden boy, the, uh, the bedridden boy. He lies in the bed and he stares at the window. He stares at the closet. He stares at the door and the the drawers and the dresser, but he doesn't look under his bed or, or up to the ceiling or, or under the covers. We're going to and no, 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 and the boy looks for he, he looks and the boy screams hoarse, screams, and his mother arrives carefully and stands outside his room oh and whispers, what's wrong? And the boy, the boy oh whispers so quiet she can't even hear her. when is a man not a man? And that's the last thing the mother hears. The question is why? Tony Tony, the question is why? Hold my hand. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) I have to tell you the story, Tony. Why? Because you told it to me.
13: Yes, then the afternoon was play
1: three. Without giving too much away when you listen to the play, you'll kind of realise why we did it, but it made sense to kind of do the whole thing in one take as opposed to what we'd usually do, breaking it up scene by scene, uh, to kind of keep the momentum going through the whole thing. Uh, And I played uh, Max, who was an air steward. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun.
11: Lots and lots of fun recording it all in one take and challenging as well yeah. um, to try and keep that energy but I think it would have been a completely different play if we'd stopped started because mm. particularly with that one it's it would be quite easy to lose where you are in the story. In that one I play Alice McGill and she's quite a nervous little thing at the start you know sort of sat in the wrong seat and oh I'm very sorry kind of thing and then as the play goes on she finds this amazing inner strength and she helps tony and cassandra and then at the end it's just that she's a completely different woman so yeah that was a lot of fun as well so
13: if you were doing it in one take was it just the case that you sort of self-edited if you stumbled did you just jump back and go straight to the line again
1: yeah so if you know if we fluffed a line or whatever we would just go back and do that line again then barreling through the rest of it as opposed to normally you would do a whole scene then you'd Stop and review back, loads yeah. of different things.
11: Yeah, there was the there was the occasional shout from Joe saying nope, do that again, and we just had to keep the energy and yeah. and, and just go for it again. Yeah. It was it was uh, fun. Yeah, we
1: just had Joe kind of shouting out various stage directions again that we had to react to throughout the thing, which was. Uh, quite funny.
5: And Mr. Flanagan, who wrote the third one? I wrote the third one, called The Mystery of Flight 493, because I think at the beginning, either you'd said to me or I'd said, you know, can we do something that's a real, real horror, like as in that's kind of like goes very uh, scary. Mm -hmm. Um, So the story itself is Tony and Cassandra have just finished the case and they board a flight home. Everything seems perfectly fine. Um, And then shortly into the, the flight, the plane crashes, killing them all. Um, and that's where the story begins. Whereas, kind of, the, the first episode was very big and expansive, and the second episode was kind of more emotive. This one's very claustrophobic. It's about mm. fear. It's um, it's just about being trapped, and it's about desperately trying to solve a mystery on a very, very specific, strange time limit. And
15: actually, what was great about it was when we, good, re- we came to
5: the studio to record them, I just had this thought of it's
15: basically a real time thriller. So I sort of said to Davey, "What if we ran past the actors doing it in real time?" because normally you do a scene, you stop, you do a scene, you stop, go back, do bits and things like that. And I just thought the pace of this, we just want that pace. And the actor's just like, yeah, that sounds really fun. That sounds really fun. We just recorded it in an hour uh, and then we went back and picked up a few lines that people dropped. But we just did it in an hour and it was exhausting. And it nearly broke everybody, but it was really, really exciting. And I gave it, was, it a yeah. totally different flavor yeah. in the studio because
8: it's like, I mean, if you're stopping every 30 seconds to pick up every line and go, well, what, what does, precisely do I mean by that? Well, you know, obviously, that's got its place as well, that mm. you go in every line to be precise or whatever, but sometimes, actually, you know, the energy and the momentum of it is more, more important than the diction, if mm. you like.
11: So in story four, I play Sadie, who is a sort of wealthy, new money character who's just married a millionaire. And Sadie has a couple of friends, Danny and...
1: Alfonso Grosso.
11: (laughs) And the three of them think it will be really fun to go and see a medium Mm. to try and contact spirits.
1: Yeah, but they're they're quite a fun bunch of characters Mm. because they all like...
10: There's a little bit of bitching and sniping going on at each other. And Helvetica just turned to me and shrugged, and we just fell apart. Hmm. Except for Hitch, who was furious, and poor Doris, who was so damned innocent she didn't have a clue what was going on.
1: I
11: don't believe the half of it, Danny.
10: Sadie, I'll never look at a cucumber the same way again. So
13: if you're doing multiple plays over a couple of days, and it's the same cast in all of them, you've obviously got to find three, four different voices. Hmm. How did you do it?
11: I came in with an idea. I have a little book and I'd read the script and I'd made some notes on, on what the other characters say about my character and I tried to figure out what accent do they have. And then if you see, <laughs> if someone was filming while we were recording in the studio, you'll see that I, I put a physicality to it. Mm. So Sadie sort of has her hands on her hips sort of a lot and Alice sort of is fiddling with her fingers because she's quite nervous quite a lot. Um. So yeah, then I put a physicality to it As I'm recording to try and get a sense uh, of character.
13: Cigarette holder. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) cigarette
11: holder for the old Mona, the old woman at the start. And not just
13: during the seance, uh, you and Anna actually holding hands when she said, "Yeah, Yeah,
11: let's hold her hands and contact (laughs) the spirits." And me and Anna were definitely holding hands. Like, ah, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically the same sort of stuff. Physicality is really useful because, you know, you're, you're, you're limited in a way because it's just your voice that you're trying to communicate or, or embody a character with, but you also have your whole body at your disposal, even if people can't see that.
13: As audio, something that you had done before then.
11: I had done some audio work at drama school. We had a studio at my drama school, so we do uh, a class every week on radio work. So I knew kind of the basics, you know, the pickups where you'd have to, if you fluffed a line, you'd have to go back to the start of the line. I knew the basics and things like that. But yeah, I hadn't done any professional recording work.
1: I also did uh, voice work in drama school, so when we got the basics. We were able to got a chance to record, kind of essentially a, a real do like, you know, narr- narrative stuff versus kind of just other character stuff uh, so I kind of had a grounding in that and I've done bits and pieces since then, before drama school actually I did a couple of radio plays in Ireland and I've done a couple of wee voiceover bits
13: And this isn't your first journey to Dark Shadows, is it?
1: It's not um, I also play Dr. Hillary Cooper um, who is a, a recent addition to the Dark Shadows family and will be appearing again soon-ish in the future. Maggie! I I I can't move. Where am I? What's going on? Somebody tell me. What's going on? Who is it? Spider, is that you? It's so dark in here. Please, please help me. And how are we today, Sebastian?
9: You, Dr. Cooper, Dr. Hilary Cooper, what the hell have you done to me?
1: No change, it seems. Vital signs, strong. Life supports doing its job. You'll need it for some time, I think. Pupils fixed and dilated. You get your hands off me! Are you listening? Yes, no or sign me. of brain activity? What are we going to do with you, Mr. No, Shaw? No brain? No, I'm here. For Christ's sake, I'm here.
13: Listen to me, Cooper, Cooper. Since I've got you here, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about... Cobwebs came out, and obviously you didn't get to go to that recording No, I didn't, because
14: I could not afford the flight to America.
13: You quite like Christopher Pennock, and Christopher Pennock quite likes you. It's quite safe
14: to say. Chris did a great... Like, when he when he did deliver us from evil, I, I just sat there and went, Chris, you are amazing. You've got an amazing voice, and you've just nailed that. And for him to have gone from, Oh my God, I'm possessed by the devil, to I am the devil. And just thought, wow, okay, that's... a uh, that's a that's a big shift to really like you so yeah i i really respect him as an actor
13: and he got in touch on facebook after the recording cobwebs didn't he he
14: did yeah he sent me a little message and then i sent him one back as well going mate you knock this out of the park because he did He, he was really 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 good it was it was written for chris in mind but it might have been written for chris in mind what chris gave us was completely up to chris and when it came back across it was unexpected and that's Pretty much exactly what we wanted you don't ask an actor to be mad and then expect them to come back and give you something that's not utterly bonkers and that's what we got you've been listening to a big finish production